Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Whitburn Pentecostal Church today. So glad you're with us. Welcome to all who are online as well. I hope that you can stay with us all the way through. Great to have some visitors with us this morning. Welcome, guys. Good to see you. Uh, It's also great to have uh, Reverend Dr. Glenn Balfour with us this morning. Let's give him a big welcome today. We had a fantastic day yesterday with Glenn. Um, It was just super just to hear you unpack the Word of God from from that perspective of the big picture of the Bible. It was just amazing. If you were here, I'm sure you enjoyed it tremendously. Um, If you weren't here, we might be able to... uh, connect you with the, the, the video from yesterday, so we're working on that. Um, but yeah, just welcome to, to church today. Welcome to God's house. He is here. We are here to meet with him. And I'm just wanting to read from Psalm 134, verses 1 and 2, as we start today. And this is what the psalmist says, Come bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. We're here to lift up our hands and worship if you are so inclined. I love Glenn's joke yesterday, hands down if you're a Pentecostal. Um, but if you want to praise the Lord in, in that physical way, then, then please feel free and at liberty to do that today. We're in God's house, we're God's family. We're here to worship him today and he is here today. Father, we thank you that you're here. Let's stand as we pray. Father, we thank you that we're here and Lord, we, we just want to come with our hearts filled with worship and praise and adoration for the King of Kings and the Lord of all Lords. And so, Father, we pray that as we sing our songs of worship today, Father, we pray that you would come and that you would inhabit our praise, that you would live in our praise. And, Father, that we would experience your presence in our praise. Lord, this is your day. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And so, Father, we just pray, move amongst us. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would move in this service today and bring glory to Jesus. And, Father, we want to just in everything bring glory to you today. And so, Father, we come and we bow before you. Lord, we're we're standing, but we're bowing in our hearts. And Lord, you know our hearts today. And so, Father, we just we want to worship you with everything that's within us. And we just pray that we would experience your presence in fresh ways today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen.
message in tongues and I believe that the interpretation that the Lord wants to bring into the house today is that his desire is to bring an increased weight of his glory just to come and to rest upon his church and it's a word for the church not just this church but the church he desires to come and to bring the weight of his glory to rest on the church that we might feel his presence that we might feel and sense the weight of the glory of God as we gather as we praise as we pray that we would experience the weight of his glory and father we pray that you would come by your spirit we already perceive this in our hearts and our spirits today father that you want to come and rest upon us father you want your glory to descend in fresh ways in fresh waves father to rest upon us and father to to give us that experience of the very tangible presence of God. And Father, we pray that you would lead us into these things. Lord, as we worship you, and Father, as we continue to worship you, Father, we pray, come. And Father, may we experience that weight of your glory. Father, come, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, come. And may we experience that weight of your glory. Oh, let us experience the weight of your glory. Let me just give you a little practical example of this. Um, and it might seem a bit strange and a bit funny, um, but this week our family invested in a weighted blanket. <laughs> and I'm like, what's the point of a weighted blanket? Um, for me, the point of the weighted blanket is to show us that when we put that on and we feel the weight of that blanket, that's what God wants to do. He wants to bring his spirit in a way where we feel the weight of his presence. Do you know, um, a couple of Mondays ago, I was out prayer walking um, the town, as I often do on a Monday. And just as I was praying over the houses and the people and the schools and the businesses and just praying God's blessing over our town, I, I actually felt for the first time just this weight of God's presence as I was walking and as, as I was praying. And it was just like, God's here. God is here. God is wanting to do something. And he's positioning the church to be involved in what he wants to do in our nation and we need to get ourselves into that place. We do that day in and day out as we have been encouraged yesterday by Glenn. We get into God's presence every single day and we pray for the weight of his glory to come as we meet with him, as we open up the word, as we pray, as we pray in tongues, as we, as we speak out what God has put in our hearts. Father, we just pray that you continue to intensify these things in our presence. Lord, today in the service, as we will continue to worship you, and Father, as we, uh, as we go on in the things that you call us to, we all have a different call, a different thing to do in our lives, and Father, we pray, lead us deeper into you. Father, help us to never forget that the vision, the real vision is Jesus. The real vision, not just the vision for the church, but Father, our vision is Jesus. May our eyes be fixed on him. May our gaze be filled with Jesus. May we worship him with all of our heart, with all of our might, with all of our strength, with all of our mind, with all of our resources, with our houses, with our cars, with, with, with everything that we have. May we worship you and keep Jesus as the focus. Let's continue to worship him today.
John's Gospel, he says, in the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Father, we thank you that Jesus was right there at the very creation and the foundation of the world, speaking over creation. The Holy Spirit moving over creation. And Father, you brought all this into being. You brought us into being. You have created us. And Father, we thank you that you have created us anew. You've given us new life, a new birth, a spiritual birth. Father, we have been born anew, born afresh. And Father, your word says that anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone and new things have come. And Father, we pray, help us to shake off the things of the past. Shake off the old. Father, shake off old expectations. Shake off old things that people have said about us, things that are untrue, the, the, the lies of the enemy. And Father, we heard that in the interpretation of a tongue last week. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And Father, we thank you that we can stand before you, worshiping you in the robes of righteousness that Jesus has put on us. Father, we're not here because we're good enough. We're here because we stand in faith because of what Jesus has done for us. And Lord, we worship you. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. And Father, we just thank you for who you are and for what you're doing. Lord, may we continue to experience your presence in this service. Lord, as Glenn brings the word in just a little moment or two, Father, we pray that you just speak through him. And Father, that we, our hearts would be wide open to receive what the Holy Spirit wants to say into our hearts today. So Lord, we just pray, move in our hearts, move in our minds, move in our whole being. Father, may we be fully attentive to what you want to say to us today. In Jesus' name we ask. And all God's people said, Amen. Please be seated. Just going to do one or two announcements. Thank you to everyone who has been involved in helping today. Um, I want to just get rid of my guitar. Sorry, just let me do that first. Amen. What a fantastic time in God's presence. It's just wonderful. Um, I'm going to pray just in a little minute or two, do one or two announcements, and then I'm going to hand over to Glenn after a short introduction. So let's just, let's just pray for a moment. I want to pray for the situation in Ukraine today. Father, we, we come before you because, Father, we don't know what else to do. We don't know what to say. We don't know what to think. Lord, sometimes we don't even know how to pray, but Lord, we bring this whole situation in the Ukraine before you, and Lord, we ask for a cessation to violence and war. Father, we ask for peace to prevail in this situation. Father, we pray for those who are struggling, Lord, those who are bereaved, those who have lost loved ones on all sides, and Father, we ask that you would just move in this, and Father, that you would bring peace. And Lord, we pray for your church in the Ukraine, in Russia, in the surrounding nations, uh, Lord, we just ask that you would strengthen your church there, and Father, that you would cause it to grow, and that you would cause it to be a light in a dark place. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. I want to say thank you uh, for all who turned up, set up, boiled up, booted up, served up, and cleared up yesterday. We had a fantastic day. Um, it was amazing what Glenn brought. Um, we received information, inspiration, and impartation. It was just a wonderful day. And I'm so glad, Glenn, that you were able to join us this weekend. Um, just a reminder that we have prayer tomorrow at 9.30 on Zoom. 
and at 7.30 on Wednesday night on Zoom, where we'll be joined by Zach Payne from Convoy of Hope Europe. Zach will be in Poland, joining us from Poland, and hopefully, uh, maybe with a few other people joining us, we'll be praying into that whole situation there, and we'll be leading that night. Um, and we are just looking forward to a fantastic time in God's presence. So if you've never been to prayer on a Wednesday night, then come along. This is the one that you need to come. Let's stand. Let's show that we can stand in solidarity with our brothers and sisters in Poland who are helping millions of people and, and housing millions of people fleeing the, the war situation in Ukraine. So let's, let's just endeavor to be uh, there on Wednesday night. And Monday, if you're at prayer on Monday, you'll know how amazing prayer is on Monday. Please, if you're free, join in on that as well. You have the links out in email. If you don't, give me a shout and I'll send it to you. I want to just do a really quick introduction to Glenn before he comes up. Um, it's been great hosting Glenn uh, with us this weekend. Glenn is the vice principal of a Bible college, Missio Day. That's the proper way to pronounce it, I believe. Um, some people have still to get hold of that, but there you go. I've been studying. Um, and uh, that's our Assemblies of God Bible College. And uh, it used to be located in Mattersea, which is where I went when I was doing my minister ministerial training. It's now at the moment in Manchester. And uh, I remember sitting in one of those sessions and Glenn was speaking and he went into the book of Zechariah, and he opened up this verse, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And I, I received something from God that I needed that day. In fact, one of my colleagues who's from uh, Glasgow was sitting behind me, and she tapped me on the shoulder, and she said, that's for you today. I was like, I know. <laughs> it was just incredible. And, uh, you know, we, we, we've had prophets in the church. Today we have a teacher in the church, and I think both gifts are essential. Prophets are essential. Teachers are essential. And we need both, and both need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit if they're to be effective. And I want to just quote, because, because my tutor's here, I want to show off a wee bit, okay? <laughs> just to show that I do read books, okay? Um, I actually was reading um, a little excerpt from Donald G's book concerning spiritual gifts this week. And this is what he wrote, um, and I was studying the word of knowledge uh, 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 this week. And, and he says, prophetic and emotional types of ministry tend to preponderate. That's not a word I would use, but Donald used that word. In other words, there's a lot of it. Um, in times of revival, but quickly degenerate into fanatical error unless balanced by teaching and logical ministry. Teaching tends to assume the ascendancy as a wave of revival recedes until once again the old prophetic fire asserts itself again and the church becomes rightly stirred by profound emotion. I loved that. I thought that's amazing. It's just this picture of when revival comes, the prophets are all jumping about like dafties. And then when the revival starts to recede, the teachers all jump about like dafties and go, it's my turn now. But what I want to say today is that I believe that prophecy and teaching can come together and we can receive the prophetic word of God through what is taught. You know, sometimes we have prophets with us and they don't give prophetic words in that sense, but what they teach is prophetic. We open up the word of God and we expect the Holy Spirit to come and enliven our hearts as it's shared. And that's what I've been praying for you today, Glenn, is that you bring both the gift of the prophet and the teacher together. And I believe that that's what you're going to do uh, today. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask that you give Glenn a massive warm welcome to Whitburn Pentecostal Church. So up you come, Glenn. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Pastor Steve. That's great. Good morning, everyone. Lovely to see you all. Warmest welcome and well, um, hello from um, 
the other side of the border. And, um, um, but yeah, I just have just received such a warm welcome. And uh, you do live in a lovely country. And uh, you do. It's a beautiful country. I'm, I am told that my great-granddad lived in Fife and then moved down to London to find his fortune. Didn't find his fortune, but stayed anyway. You know the way it goes. And um, so, so there you go. So my surname's Balfour, which is a Scots name by descent. So I'm winning the room over already with that, with that one. So um, there you go. Yeah, great. Absolutely. I am a teacher of God's word to God's people. That's my own sense of God's call on my life. And obviously, God's word is intrinsically prophetic. Um, it is. You know, we have received the more sure and certain word of prophecy. So I do pray and I do hope and I do believe that um, there will be both teaching and the prophetic intrinsically bound up this morning. So are you ready to be taught and are you ready to be prophesied to? There you go. Good. That's fantastic. That's great. Well, my name's Glenn. So I'm just going to do a couple of things with you first of all. Let me just mention a little bit about the college. Um, Just hands up those who've heard of Mattersea Hall Bible College. Okay, very good. Well, now here's the word of the Lord. Forget the former things, <laughs> which I am going to speak on in a moment. Um, the new term for Mattersea Hall, because we relocated to a more urban center, Manchester, is Missio Day, um, Leadership in Theological College. Uh, hands up who's heard of this college? Okay, fantastic. Well, of course, you could all put your hands up now because now you, now you really have. So that's who I work with. I won't say too much about us. Um, if you want to, um, um, let me switch my thing on, first of all. Always a good thing to do that. Um, uh, you can just have a look at our website, um, Missio Day. Obviously, means the mission of God or godsmission.ac.uk. So if you want to know more about us, do that. I think the main reason for me mentioning us now is just to put us on your heart and to add us to your prayers. That's really the main thing. We do do degrees. Um, You don't have to do what I call the Genesis 12 verse 1 thing for that anymore. Go, leave your country, your people, your father's household. Um, There are times in life when you do need to do that. But we don't want to force that time to be when you do your training. Let that be in God's own time for your life. And um, so you can access training, degrees, bachelors in Christian leadership and theology and master's programs and short courses. And we do biblical languages. That's something Steve's done fairly recently with with me is online Greek. And um, so if he gets his Greek right, that's because of me. If, if he gets it wrong, that's because he didn't listen. So, <laughs> so, so we do all of those. So we do all of those things. So um, um, that's what you'll see if you go to the um, um, website. We don't spend all our time playing table tennis, but we needed to have something there to make it look like we're normal people. And um, so, just pray for us. One last little shameless advert. Just don't worry about this. You might have woken up this morning and said, "If I wanted to start learning." Greek or Hebrew, the languages of the Bible. How could someone help me with that? I don't know if anyone felt that when you woke up this morning. A few people shaking their heads, but in the wrong direction. Let's start that one again. And um, anyway, I, I, over the years, one thing I've done, just out of my sense of call to teach God's word to God's people at the age of 19, one thing I've given myself to over the years is the biblical languages. So I've written some textbooks. So I'll just flash them up quickly. If anyone's interested, have a chat with me later. Um, they normally go for £20, but for you, it's going to be 
20 pounds. Uh, so, so, <laughs> so have a chat with me later. And we also do them as short courses as where we go. That's the, that, that's, that's the shameless advertising. Very good. Okay. So are you ready for the word of God? We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Okay. Um, um, I've got to know Pastor Steve over the last few years, and we've rubbed shoulders, haven't we, in years gone by, but in more recent years, really got to know Steve. And I, I noticed something one time when he was sending me an email, one of your strap lines at the bottom of your email, see I'm doing a new thing. Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. And it just stuck with me. And, uh, and when Pastor Steve talked about me coming up to do some teaching on Saturday, and thank you all those that were there um, yesterday, it really is a privilege to teach God's Word to God's people. And I felt, well, if I'm asked to preach on a Sunday, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach on Pastor Steve's verse. That's what, I, that's what I said to myself. So when Steve mentioned it to me, I so I want to preach to you this morning from and bring what I do think is a prophetic word based on some well-known words of the Bible. The chances are we know these words. The chances are it's one of those verses that we know and we Pentecostals know as well for some reason. It sort of um, um, resonates with us. So let me, let me, let me read the um, words to you. You can turn in your Bible if you want to but they'll appear on screen. Uh, and they go like this, Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. That was the verse that was on at the bottom of Steve's email, and that was the verse I thought, I... I want to preach Steve's verse to him <laughs> and to the church and to Scotland and to wherever you are. I believe really this is a word. This is a word for every now, let me say. That is the word of God. But this is a word for now. This is a word for you. It's a word for here. It's for a word for where you happen to be. Let me read it again. Forget the former things. And I love the way the fact that um, um, uh, the word of God it's kind of intentionally non-negotiable. It doesn't, it doesn't say, please. <laughs> Actually, it does sometimes in the Hebrew. It's the word nah. In fact, it's the nah of hosanna. In hosanna, Lord save us, please. In actual, So it does do that, but it doesn't do that all the time. It just tells us, doesn't it? It doesn't say, would you mind? I know you've been through a hard time, but... He just says it to us, and I like the fact of being confronted by the Word of God. I don't mind that. None of us, none of us likes being confronted, but if we're going to be confronted by anything, let it be the Word of God. You know, the Word of God is a rock. And, that, and let me tell you, you know, you, you don't negotiate with a rock. When it's coming to you, or whether you're sitting on it, it's there. You do the negotiating. You do that, you, and you need to respond to it. We do, don't we, all of us, as God's people. Forget the former things. Hear that, forget the former things. A command. Don't dwell on the past. It's a command. See, I'm doing a new thing. It's a statement. Now it springs up. Don't you perceive it? It's almost asking the question, you know, don't you perceive it? Don't you see it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. So, of course, these words in Isaiah 53, like all of the word of God, it, it, it's all a now word. In, in Christ, 
All the promises of God are yes and amen. You sometimes forget that. I'm all for understanding the context and understanding the situation. It's so important, and we were looking at some of that yesterday. But understanding the context doesn't make the word of God less relevant for now. It makes it more relevant for now. It gives you a sense of depth and color and perspective of what the Lord is saying now. So we take all the, all the promises of God, are yes and amen, in Christ Jesus. So this is a word for every now. And I want us to um, take the significance of this. So where do I want to go with this next? Well, the first thing I want to do, and, and when I read these verses, this was the thing that initially really jumped out at me, is what could seem to be a little bit of a contradiction. And it obviously isn't. It's setting us up to think about this. But what I want to do now, I didn't read them earlier because I wanted just to focus on this, but what I want to do now is read the two earlier verses. So I want us to read now Isaiah 43, verses 16 and 17. And they'll appear on the screen, and you can follow them in, in your phone if you want to or in your Bible. These are the two previous verses. This isn't, these aren't the words of the Lord, the words of the Lord are the ones that we've just read. That's the word of the Lord. Forget the former things. This is, the, this, is, this is Pastor Steve's introduction, as it were. This is Isaiah's introduction to the Lord. The Lord's about to speak, and this is what Isaiah says by way of introducing the Lord. So let me read it to you first of all, and then hopefully you'll see, you'll see the deliberate... Um, contradiction, as it were, or, or irony, or juxtaposition, or whatever word you want to use, but there's something interesting. This is what the Lord says. It doesn't go straight on to verse 18. Let's, let's, just, let's have a little caveat. Let's have an introduction to Jesus, to who the Lord is. The Lord, he who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, stuffed, snuffed out like a wick. Then, then we go on to the word of the Lord. And I wonder if you can see the irony here. Because you can see what's happening in verses 16 and 17. What's Isaiah doing? It's actually, he's, he's referring back to the crossing of the Red Sea. Can you see that? It's, it, it's obvious, isn't it? That made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters. He drew out the chariots. He's speaking about the chariots and horses of Pharaoh and of Egypt when they're chasing Moses and God's people, the army and reinforcements. And they lay there in the mud, in the silt, under the water of the Sea of Reeds or the Red Sea, Yam Suf. And they lay there never to... In other words, what the writer's doing is he's reminding them of their past. I do this when I talk to students. I, he's, he's reminding them of their past. And then he hands over to the Lord. And the first thing the Lord says is, forget it. Forget it. And if I was there, I might have said, would one of you please make up your mind? <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about the past until Isaiah reminded me. He's handed over to the Lord. And the first thing the Lord has said is, forget the past. And there's a message, there's, there, there is a subtlety in all of this that I want us to get hold of. You see, in a sense, you should never forget the past. In fact, 
Psalm 103, verses 1 and 2. Praise the Lord. By the way, I often do this to people. I'm, I'm, I'm going to teach you some Hebrew now. Are you ready for this? Or have I mentioned the book? But yeah, yeah, I have done. I'm going to teach you some Hebrew. You've got to say this after me. Ha, lel, u, ya. You've just learned some Hebrew. Well done. Hallelujah. That's Hebrew. Hallel is the word for praise. U is the word you. And Yah, well, you can see it's the first syllable in what we say Yahweh. It's the name of the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look what we read in Psalm. By the way, that word Hallel, you might, in, in, in some parts of the world, when they want to rejoice and sing, the women especially will do the la 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 la, and they'll do that thing that I can't do. But you know what I mean? And that's where the Lel of Hallel comes from. Comes from that exuberant, comes from that exuberant praise of joy. So, hallelujah, hallelujah, whatever your culture, praise the Lord, hallelujah, oh my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name, um, forget not all his benefits. Have you got that? So, there's something wonderful about reminding yourselves of the good things that God has done. So, when the Lord says, forget the former things, he doesn't mean forget all the Lord's benefits. He doesn't mean erase them from your mind. In actual fact, the word for forget isn't the word forget. In the Hebrew, it's the word remember not. In other words, stop harping on about it. S stop living there. Stop reliving it. Stop, stop, stop living there. You're not meant to live there. I know that happened. I know that was the goodness of God. And by the way, I know that was difficult. But please, don't keep harping on about it. There's got to come a point when we do something different. Are you with me on all of that? I mentioned this yesterday, but the, um, the, the, the word in Hebrew for the word for, for Hebrew is ever, ever. And it's someone who 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 crosses over and it's first used for abraham in genesis 14 because abraham crossed over the euphrates river going from going from babylon and iran iraq area over to israel and then it's used again of of uh, of the hebrews as they cross over the sea of reeds from egypt into what we think of as the sinai peninsula and then it's going to be used again in Joshua chapter 1 when Joshua gets the people to cross over the River Jordan. In other words, there's something built into the DNA of God's people that's crossing over. There's something built into, the, into, in, into God and his people that's about leaving where we were and moving to where we're moving to. And this is the word of the Lord in Isaiah 30, 43, 18 and 19. And um, this is, I believe, God's word for you today. I believe that. Let me read it again. And this is the great thing. I'm here today, and thank you for that, Pastor Steve. But I get on a train at five o'clock, and I'm gone. So I can say whatever I need to now, and, uh, and it's, it's fine. Hopefully, this will, be, this will be helpful to you. But I do, I do want to bring you the word of God. I do, and the word of God challenges. In fact, it can rebuke. It's all, it's all for our building up. 
It's all for encouraging, and I'm not here to rebuke for one minute. I want to encourage you. But there's something challenging about that encouraging word of God to teach us, to correct us, to train us in all righteousness, 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 says. So are you ready for all that this morning? Ready for the word of God? It's not just here to tickle our ears, is it? It's here to help me to be all I can be in God. So what do I want to say then? Forget the former things about this. Three, three little things. Number one, what God wants to do is something new. Hear, hear me now. Hear me now. I can say it big and bold because I'm, I'm getting on a train. God wants to do, see I am doing a new thing. Do you get that? So, what's the danger about keeping on recalling the past? And by the way, sometimes we recall the good things. But that's not always what we do. And let me suggest to you, that's not mostly what we do. We mostly spend our time recalling the bad things. And you do need to process that stuff. But please, that can't be all you're doing. It can't be all you're doing. And if you actually look at our conversation, mine included sometimes, actually it can be reliving and recounting and living in all the difficult things we've been through. And they have been difficult. My word. Anyone heard of COVID? Anyone heard of what's happening in Ukraine? Anyone heard of the latest one, monkeypox? If you're, if you're feeling down, don't turn the news on. Um, we can live in the past. We can live in the past. And I want to say, if God wants to do something new, if you're recounting the past, if you're recounting the past, you're looking for the wrong things. Because if it's something new... It means it hasn't happened before. See, I am doing a new thing. Do you hear me there? Lamentations 3, 22, 23. We all know these, these words because we feel a song coming on, those of us of a certain age. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new. Chadash. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So God's doing a new thing. And I just wonder, let me just take you back to that, to that verse. I wonder if you can see how new they are. Don't you spring it? Don't you perceive it? It says near the end, I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Now you, let me do what I say to my students. Compare and contrast. You compare and contrast that with what, they've, what, what the Lord's done for them in the past. In the past, he made a way through the sea. He made a dry path through the sea. He made a dry territory through the Sea of Reeds. Have you got that? On this occasion, what's he doing? He is making a river, a river through the dry land. It's now completely the opposite. And I want to suggest that's one reason why they're not perceiving it. Because what they're looking for is a repetition of what happened last time. And this time round, it's completely the opposite. This time round, they're thinking about how God res rescued them from the water. 
But actually, this time around, the water is the one thing they need. They're living in the desert, people. They need water. And I want to say, if you're looking for what happened in the past, one of the, one of the hazards is you're looking for the wrong things. You're looking for a repetition of that. Oh, weren't those days great? Yeah, they were. But it's not going to happen again. God's going to do something new. God's going to do something. The 21st century isn't going to look like the 20th century. Next year is not going to look like last year. I know we learn from the past. I know the God of our forefathers is our God. Great is your faithfulness. That's a comment on history. It's not a comment. That's a comment. But please, God is doing something new now. Are you with me on that? And God wants to do something new. And that's why they don't notice it. Because they're looking for the wrong things. They're looking for a repetition of what happened before. Let me tell you this. Not just new things. See, I'm doing a new thing. And what I want to... What I want to do is I want to give you a sense of excitement about what your future can look like. You see, vision is, is a God-given sense of a preferred future. See, I'm doing a new thing. It's vision. It's sight. And if our mind is preoccupied by the past, that can kill the vision. It can kill what God wants to do now. So the first thing is it's something new. What's the second thing? It's now. It's now. Are you with me? It's now. Now it springs up. And if Isaiah 43 has a relevance for me today, I take that word now seriously. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And this is the other problem, is that if you're preoccupied by the past, if you keep talking about it, if you keep thinking about it, if that's where your mind is and by the way, you'll have been through stuff as a church together. I don't know what that is, but I'm old. I'm 58 now. I'm old enough to know what life can be like. You'll have been through stuff together. You'll have been through shared experiences together. You'll have been through your own stuff that, frankly, you don't want anyone to know about. I'm old enough to know that much. You know, and, 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 but, but that's not where God wants you to be. That's then. I'll give you a little, I don't know if you knew this, um, you can't change the past. You can't, whatever you do, ain't nothing going to happen. Nothing's, nothing's going on in that place. That's been, that's done. But you can change now. You can change now. And by changing now, you help decide the future in the plan of God. God uses your actions to fit into his sovereign plan. It's why we pray. We're active participants in the future. So I want to say, you can't change anything that happened yesterday. You can't do it, but you can change what happens now. You can change what happens this morning. You can change what happens this afternoon. You can affect it. Now is the one thing you've got. Now is the one thing that you can affect. And that's the problem. If, you, if you're preoccupied by the past, not only are you looking for the wrong things, yesterday's things, but you're looking in the wrong direction. You know, we get, the, we get the month January from the Roman god Janus. And the Roman god Janus was this, was this two-faced 
God and his and and one 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 face was towards the year that's gone and one face is towards the year that's coming because in January you're just is just in that transition listen um January's fine but let's not stay in January <laughs> it's only one month of the year we got to move on there's another springtime there's another summertime there's another harvest there's another generation it's a generation that hasn't yet been born and okay that's the past harvest praise god for those and for past harvests that haven't happened well we can mourn for those but actually it's the next harvest the lord says to joel i'll restore to you the years the locusts have eaten i'll give them back to you well that's now that's not about the past that's that's now and i want to tell you the the the, the second hazard in being preoccupied by the past dwelling on the past is that you're looking in the wrong direction. Love these words. Philippians chapter 3. You'll know them. End of verse 13. Verse 14. Paul says this. One thing I do. One thing I do. I'll, I'll, I will read it to you and I'll point a few things out about the verse. One thing I do. Forgetting what's behind. Straining towards what's ahead. Do you get that? One thing I do. Forgetting what's behind, straining towards what's ahead, I press on to win the prize for which God's called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And I can remember one time reading that verse, and I just found something humorous in it. Because Paul says, one thing I do, and then he mentions two things. (laughs) One thing I do, forgetting what's behind, straining towards what's ahead, I press on. And I don't know if Paul's being deliberately humorous there or not but it's clear to me that the point is actually in order to do the one thing you've got to do which is to press on you've got to do a couple of things you've got to forget and you've got to look forward let me tell you this if you're running a race make sure you're facing in the right direction ever had those times when you've walked into a lamppost guarantee what you were doing at the time you were looking somewhere else. Guarantee you. We've all done it, haven't we? We've all done it. Have you ever crashed into the car in front of you at the roundabout? Guarantee what you were doing at the time. You were looking that way at the traffic. it's, It's what happens. Please, please, please. We are going forwards. This river only flows in one direction. Doesn't change. It's going forwards. Make sure you're facing. Now it springs up. Make sure you're thinking about now. I just want to give you a little challenge. For every single sentence, you, you, you spend recalling the past. I want you to have two sentences speaking about the present. Make sure you keep the balance right. Make sure that you keep that. For everything, okay, that happened. And now it happened. Especially the difficult stuff. Now, two sentences. What's going to happen now? I used to be part of a church leadership team and we have and we had a great little thing and it was really funny how we did it among the leadership team if you ever said something negative about someone just as a humor you have to stop and say two positive things and we do it to each other all the time we do ah two good things and we do it to each other all the time it's amazing how we soon learn not to say humorous things about each other and uh, and uh, yeah one thing i do forgetting what's behind forgetting he doesn't, forgetting doesn't mean forgetting. He doesn't mean erasing the memory. 
It certainly doesn't mean forgetting the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Of course it doesn't. It means not staying there, not dwelling on it, not moving on. God has another day. Do you know, um, some, some, some years ago, who's heard of that? Um, who's heard of um, um, Little Chef? Have you all heard of Little Chef, the motorway services? People of a, people of a certain age like me have heard, have heard something of... of um, but you're young at heart and you're moving forward. There, that's two positive things to make sure. Make sure. Uh, but, but yeah, um, um, Little Chef, they, they, they were the first motorway services in the UK back in the 60s. And they'd have the, they'd have the round tomato pots and we'd look like a tomato and you squeeze them and out will come a tomato. It was amazing. Uh, so they tell me. Uh, and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and near the end of the 90s, so it's some time ago, near the end of the 90s, they wanted to revamp and rebrand Little Chef because it had lost, lost way to all these new services. And what had happened was that it had got stuck in the 60s and 70s. And those round tomato squeezy things that looked so on trend at the time were just looking a little bit old-fashioned compared to your pump your little tomato thing in McDonald's or whatever it was. Just looked a little bit different. So they decided to do an advertising campaign. And this was their advertising cam campaign. They were going to call it a sentimentality campaign. And, it, and they were going to ride on the fact that, that they were the first motorway services in the UK. Can you remember your first stop-off with your girlfriend at your motorway services in 1972? And you can relive those moments. And they had this big thing based on sentimentality. And the whole campaign failed. You don't see many little chefs now. And the ones you do see are independent franchises. And the thing didn't work. And this is why it didn't work. They discovered this, that for motorway services, the biggest influence on where people stopped was what they called pester power. In other words, it wasn't the people in the front of the car that decided. It was the kids in the back that decided. Pester power. It was kids in the back. And they realized something. Kids don't do sentimentality. Kids don't care about them first motorway services. They care about if they got something to colour, if they got something bright, if they got a computer screen, if they got whatever they they don't care about that. And actually the whole thing failed because it actually based itself on sentimentality, which the next generation does not do. And by the way, they'll have to learn that as they get older as well. And I want to say to us, we've got to be careful that we don't live live out our days based on what happened yesterday. You've got to be so careful. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. And I want to say to you, hear the word of the, of the Lord. I love it when people love my preachers. I, I, I need lots of affirmation. Was that good? Was that okay? Yeah, 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 it was great. Thank you. They'll just say that anyway, won't they? But, you know, just it was good. But actually, more than someone liking the preach, has someone heard the word of God? That's the thing, and I want to say to you, for your own sake, please face the right direction. Please, it's now and it's here. Have you got that? This is the thing that you can affect now. What's the third thing? It's better. What does God want to do? It's better. 
away in the desert, streams in the wasteland. I've already said how it's different to it. It's the opposite. It was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a dry path through the waters before. Now it's a wet path through the dry desert. But there's something better about this. Because before, the way of the Lord was exit. It was escape. It was exodus. This time round, it's restoration and it's life. When you, get the, when, you, when you get the water in the desert, now you're not escaping from the desert. Now the desert is going to blossom as the rose. This is now better. You ain't seen nothing yet. You know the old line. And it's better. Let me give you a few biblical versions of that. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. No eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has prepared for those that love him. What does that mean? And by the way, this is not an age thing. This is not for young people. This is for any people who want to hear the word of God. This is for a Moses at the age of 79 who's thinking it's all over. Um, this is for a Samuel at the age of three who hasn't heard the word. This is, if you want it, come and get it. This is for God's people. This is not an age thing. This is not a gender thing. This is a God's people thing. No eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has prepared for those that love him. What does that mean? It means that what God has for you is outside anything you've experienced. It means it's better than anything you've experienced. Have you got that? That's, that's the point, and it's for all of us. And the trouble is, if we're preoccupied by yesterday, if we've got our minds set on what happened before, we've already set a limit on what God can do. We've already put a set of preconceived assumptions on what this will look like. Because it will look a bit like what happened yesterday. Well, no wonder we don't perceive it. This water's already bubbling up around their feet, and they don't notice it because it's not what they're looking for. They're looking for another exodus. And I want to say, no, 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 please, please, we can all do the emotion. We can all do the sentimentality. And it does have its place. But don't let it stand in the way of God's plans and God's purposes. Now to him, Ephesians 3, verse 20. Now to him, let me give you the word of the Lord, non-negotiable. <laughs> now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. Notice that. What God has for you is better than the, 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 than, the, than, the, than the culmination of everything you've had up to now. And by the way, it'll be true for the next day. It'll be true for the next day. It'll be true for the next day. This is an attitude to God. Now may the God of all hope. So if you're saying, please, I, I was having this chat with Pastor Steve yesterday or maybe with the with the folks here please this is not just a message for today because today's more important than tomorrow no this is a message for every day this was true last year it's true this year and it'll be true next year Isaiah 43 is not going away it's there to stay and God has something bigger and better for you to move into it's called God's plans I tell you the truth anyone who has faith in me John 14, verse 20, will do what I'm, I've been doing. They will do even greater things, says Jesus. I'm not going to unpack that verse. I'll do that another time for you. But I do know 
Wow, we. God has better plans than he ever had in the past. Amen? So, remember all the Lord's done for you? Absolutely. Sing about it. Remember the Lord's blessings. Learn from it, but don't dwell on it. The difficult stuff, thank God for his faithfulness taking you through it, but please don't dwell on it. Don't dwell on it. The next generation deserves a better you than that. Deserves a more efficient you than that. Let me declare for you this morning, and I want to say for your leadership, I want to say for your church, I want to say for your churches, I want to say for Scotland, I want to say for God's people everywhere. <clears throat> the Lord's plans for you are new. They're not the same as what you had before. The plans for you are now. They're not the earlier things. And the plans for you are better. Better than you've ever seen before. And all God's people said, okay. Let me just say this to you as well. There are, when you hear the word of God, you need to make the immediate response. Do that. So say, yes, Lord. I, I, I love it. I might not love it, but I'm going to say, yes, Lord. But actually, it's not just the immediate response. It's also the process. And the process takes time. When you wake up tomorrow, you might have to adjust your language. You might have to adjust your leaders' meetings. You might have to adjust your conversation. You might have to adjust your expectations. You might have to... There's all sorts of things. So the, the, the process, let the decision work its way out. But please, let it, let it happen. Let me give you the word of God. Forget the former things. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on them. That's the point. Remember not. Stop. I don't want to use harsh words because I don't mean it. But stop harping on about it. No, move on. Enough already. I know, I know. And by the way, don't you think the Lord knows your pain? In fact, the Lord knows your pain better than you do. I was going to finish, but I'm not going to finish. <laughs> we just say this. Are you still with me? Just say yes, Glenn, because you know I'm going to go on. Don't you? I, someone once said this to me, and it really, really just, that was a beautiful word. This is the word of Jesus on the road to Emmaus. And he meets those two disciples. Um, yeah, and again, I could say more about that. But he meets those two disciples, and he starts, and he, start, he joins in with their conversations, and they're talking about it's Luke twenty-four, isn't it? And they're talking about all the things that have happened over the last few days, and 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 um, and, and 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 how the the one they'd hoped would restore their fortunes has gone, and and here are these two people um, um, on their way home just to. Go back to the hopeless life that they had before. And by the way, in the context, we always think that those two disciples are two men because you wouldn't get a man and a woman walking together in the ancient world. But you would if they're a husband and wife. And actually, it makes sense that to me, this is Clopas and his wife Mary. We know one of them's Clopas and his wife Mary's there in John chapter 19. And I think it's a husband and wife, both disciples of Jesus walking home together. I mean, whoever you think it is, is up to you. But, well, one of them is definitely Clopas, says that. Um, but I think, it's, I think it's Mr. and Mrs. Clopas. I think they're walking home together. And that absolute, I don't know if you've ever been there, you know, <clears throat> just with your, with your wife, with your nearest and dearest, with your family, just thinking, well, 
Could this go more wrong if it tried? That's where they are at a moment. And here is Jesus, the subject of their conversation. He is the one it happened to. He is the one. He could have showed them his hands. He could have opened up. And what does he say? Haven't you heard all the things that happened? And his opening words, his opening two words, what things? What things? And, and, you know, if you'd have, what do you mean, Jesus, what things? It was you. We're talking about you. This only happened three days ago. What do you mean, what things? And it just seems to me, he hasn't forgotten, but this is the point. He's got the heavenly perspective on it. He's seen the resurrection. He is the resurrection. And in the light of the fullness of God's truth, all of that horror that happened before, it amounts to what things? doesn't matter. And let me tell you, if Jesus can say it, about what happened to him three days before, we can get to a place where we can say it as well. It's not denial. Please, that's not a good thing for anyone. It's not denial. It's seeing a greater reality. It's seeing the goodness of God <clears throat> in the land of the living on the days that you can see it and on the days that you can't. So, <clears throat> word of the Lord, forget the former things. <clears throat> Amen? Why don't we stand? Why don't we stand? I'm just going to read these verses to you. It's all I'm going to do. Just, if you're able to stand, if you're not, that's fine. Stay seated. I know you. God knows your heart. Um, I'm going to hand over to Pastor Steve in 10 seconds, I promise you. Don't start counting. <laughs> but let me just read it to you one more time. And in your heart, as you're stood where you are, as, you, as, you, as, you're, as you're sat where you are, as you where you are, I just want you to say yes to the word of God. You're not saying yes to the word of Glenn. Glenn can come out with all sorts of things. Ask my wife, she can tell you. This is the word of God. This is the word. So this is, this is not dangerous for you. This is not, can I trust this? You know you can. You know, who, you know who the Lord is. There's no shadow of sin in him. He's not, you know, when it comes to, you know, when it comes to things of this world, when it comes to serpents, you, you, be, you be clued up. When it comes to the things of heaven, when it comes to doves, oh, you can be as innocent as you need to be. It's fine. You don't need to watch your back with the Lord. It's fine. Forget the former things. What do we say as God's people? Yes. Don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Don't you perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Amen. Amen. Bless God. just going to ask if the, if the musicians can join me again. Sorry for my second. My notes are faulty, but it's at the same time. There's too many things going on here. I'm just going to sing that song as we finish our time together, King of Kings, and uh, go back into that song uh, and just worship Jesus because he is the King of Kings. He's why we're here. And I just want to say, just let's just uh, let's just close our eyes for a little second. And you know, there, there there may be people in here today, and you've never invited Jesus into your heart. That the person that we're all talking about today, the person that we're all singing about, the person that we're all getting emotional about, 
is here and he wants to come into your life today. He wants to come in and be part of your life. And maybe you've never invited him in and this is just a a little moment to, to just invite him in for you to say yes to him and just say, come into my life. And it's just a simple little prayer. Um, And I want you to, if God is stirring you up, just pray this prayer. After me, you can pray it quietly into yourself and just ask, invite God into your life. Invite Jesus into your life. And as you do that, you're inviting the Holy Spirit into your life and he comes in and he makes you a new person. He begins to do things on the inside that begin to change you and will change you forever, change you for good, change you for the better. So let's just, for a moment, as we before we sing, let's just pray this prayer. Uh, just pray it quietly into your heart. Dear God, I thank you that you're doing a new thing. You're doing a new thing in my life. And I invite you into my life. I invite you in to take control I invite you to come to forgive me, to make me clean, to make me new, to give me a fresh start today. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Fill me afresh. In Jesus' name, amen. You've prayed that prayer. Tell somebody you've prayed that prayer. We'd love to just get alongside you uh, at the end of today. And if you've never invited the Holy Spirit in, you know, I just feel, I feel to say this as well. Invite the Holy Spirit to come in and to do a new thing in you, to fill you afresh, fill you anew today. Let's, let's just worship God as we close off our service today.
by reading the last verse of the psalm that I read at the start. Psalm 134, verse 3. May the Lord, maker of heaven and earth, bless you from Zion. Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for this word. May we receive it into our hearts. May we act upon it. Father, may we think about what we say. May we think about what we meditate on. May we think about what we look at. Are we looking at the past or are we looking ahead? Are we straining on? Are we persevering? Are we pressing on to enter into all that you have for us today and the remainder of this day and this week? Father, help us to keep moving forward, to keep looking forward. Father, to keep being the people that you call us to be. Lord, may we experience new things day by day. Your mercies are new every morning. And Father, we may, may we continue to walk into the new walk into all that you have for us. May we grow and mature into the people that you want us to be. Father, help us to get positioned for all that you want to do. And Lord, we just, we're asking this because we, we just long to see your name be glorified. Lord, not just in this town, in this church, but Father, across our nation and nations. And Father, we're looking that you will do something that is by your spirit. Not by might, nor by power but by your spirit. Father, we know that we have our part to play, but we so need you to come and move upon our nation. And so, Lord, that's our prayer today. May your spirit come and just breathe new things over our nation. In Jesus' name, that you might be glorified. Amen. Amen. Thank you again, Glenn. It's been wonderful having you. Um, and the Lord bless you this week.